Hello and welcome back to the Co-op News Punch podcast. This is episode 27. This is Liam and I'm joined once again by my friend Samzai. How's it going? It's going quite well, quite well indeed. Good. We're almost a month from the last episode. We've managed to actually keep this one up. Yeah. And as usual, it's just a casual and frank chat about various Linux and Linux gaming related topics. Just something to chill out with, basically. Yeah, we're we're keeping it nice and nice and relaxed here. Unless we rant, in which case it gets even. <laughs> yeah, there might be a, a few rants here and there. But today, for this episode, we're going to start off with a little bit of Valve news. We've got a couple little things to cover here. First of all, Portal 2, absolutely amazing game. You enjoyed that as well, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very good game. Yeah, it's pretty much a classic nowadays. But Valve actually went back to it recently and gave it quite a big update. Yeah, they, they implemented Vulcan for it using the DXVK uh, kind of translation layer. Yeah, it's a pretty clever use of it as well, because all of Valve's original ports already used a translation layer with TOGL. Yeah, toggle. T- yeah, where it was t- translating DirectX, or was it DirectX 9, over to yeah. OpenGL. So now, if you add in a launch configuration option, it will just change that to go to Vulkan instead. Yeah, which is, you know, I mean, this is this is... Probably some of the best use of DXVK as far as like I'm concerned. Uh, I haven't like used DXVK for anything because I don't use Proton and this the, the like. So if I were to actually go and launch Portal 2 with this Vulcan stuff, it would probably be the first time I'd be using DXVK. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this is some of the best use for that technology. So it's good that that technology is coming in handy for other stuff other than just, you know, wine. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really, really good use of it because it's still officially supported by Valve. They're still updating it now. And it wasn't just giving it Vulkan support, though. There's loads of bug fixes as well, quite a few of them specifically for the Linux version. So if for some strange reason you've been holding out on playing Portal 2, now is it's the best time. There's never been a better time to play it. Yeah, I mean, it, seriously, it's a very, very good game. I think it's made made it to like many like best video game ever lists. So, I mean, if, if you haven't played it for whatever reason, I, I feel like you kind of should play it. Yeah, the first one as well, because you kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the the, the story continuity thing. If you want to like really get into it, then playing through the first one. Definitely makes getting into the second one a little bit easier story-wise, but I mean, you can just enjoy Portal 2 uh, just for the, the, the fun puzzles, the interesting environments, and the, the kind of wacky story. Yeah, there's a good uh, bit of comedy sprinkled nicely throughout it. Yeah, and it has a fantastic co-op mode. Yeah, we enjoyed that one together. Yeah, we, we did. And you were laughing at my lack of mental capacity quite often. Yeah, that that, that that did happen. But I mean, to be fair, I think I at that point I had played through the, the co-op campaign like twice or something. So you were cheating, in other words. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's maybe a little bit, but cheating, it, is a, cheating is a strong word. <laughs> in other Valve news, they, um, they recently gave up 
on their card game Artifact. Oh yeah, I heard about this. Apparently, art, like Artifact, after it was abandoned, reached some of its highest player numbers ever. Was that right? No, no, not even close. Oh no. Um, think so. Artifact was their Dota-themed card game. Uh, at release, it cost money, and there were certain special game modes in it where you then you had to use tickets, but you had to pay for these tickets. That's on top of already paying for the game. It was just it was a there was other issues with the monetization, but it was the monetization that model that really ruined it because the actual gameplay overall. I really quite enjoyed, and a lot of other reviewers said that along the same lines. But now they've set it completely free to play now, and there's Artifact Classic, which is the original, and then Artifact Foundry, which is the renaming of their 2.0 beta that they were in progress on. But what really annoys me, though, is the reasoning they gave for giving up on it in this way, because they said... It wasn't reaching player numbers to keep on developing the 2.0 version, basically. But it's like everybody knew you were redeveloping it. And the redevelopment version was behind a closed beta, which you sent invites out for. So how could they expect loads of people to continue playing it when they know they're doing that? It just, I, I think it was false reasoning, really, just to sweep it under the rug, get rid of it and move on to something else. Well, I mean, it was a bit of an embarrassing thing for them to launch an artifact and for it to die. Like, a, how long? How long did it even take for it to actually die? I think it died in like we're probably talking weeks. It was, you know, was just, between yeah. three to four months. It dropped like an absolute rock. Yeah, it was probably Valve's biggest failure. I think outside of uh, Steam Machines and Steam OS. Yeah. Oh dear. But it's not their only failures though, because they've done a few other things here and there that one well just didn't hit where they wanted it to, but this is their modern failure. And it is a shame because it was overall quite a good game. I'm I'm sad I, about this. I, I never tried it because the monetization looked so so kind of strange that I, I didn't even want to like try. Yeah. How about a little bit of hardware news. Oh, I love hardware news. You do? Good. Absolutely. Well, we have two bits here from Camp NVIDIA. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're currently working towards hardware-accelerated X-Wayland support, finally. Yeah, so this would solve the big problem for NVIDIA users, which is that if you try to use Wayland these days, it it will probably work if you use specific Wayland like desktop environments, such as uh, I think KDE has some support for it, and GNOME has support for it. But the X Wayland support, which is running X applications on uh, Wayland using the X Wayland compatibility layer, um, that was up until apparently this point not accelerated on NVIDIA because they couldn't do it. Yeah, so you just wouldn't be able to play games with NVIDIA on Wayland. Yeah, unless you were able to like override the SDL versions of the game to force them to run in a native Wayland 
uh, set up. But yeah, most most games are something that you would have to run through Exoelan at the moment. Yeah. So an NVIDIA engineer submitted a magic quest to the XOR GitLab for Exoelan, and they are putting up some patches to enable this hardware accelerated rendering with the proprietary NVIDIA driver. So that code is going in for Exoelan, and they're saying it will come out in a driver, in their next driver, which should be NVIDIA 470. So this is all really exciting because Wayland is going to completely take over from X11. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically just a matter of time. Like we said, I think last time, uh, like there are no longer XORC developers or like X11 developers. The All of the people that used to develop that stuff have pretty much moved on from, um, from X11 to Wayland development and... Yeah, I think at this point, regular Xorg has just hit an evolutionary dead end and it will just be replaced with Wayland eventually. Yep, exactly. Because X11 is just so old and inefficient in many ways and just full of issues that over the years they've just tapped on all these extras but never dealt with the root of a lot of the issues. So this is really exciting for the future of Linux as a whole, I think, really. Yeah, it definitely is. Now, NVIDIA also did something else which I wanted to briefly mention because there's always a big shortage of chips. So graphics cards come out, scalpers and miners basically buy up all of them, don't they? Yeah, the the hardware market has been like really garbage as of late. Um, not only do we have the problem that crypto is booming, which means that miners will be buying up GPUs, there is also now this new weird business model where people will buy retail GPUs and then they will sell them to retail customers at like two to three to four times markup. And apparently that's a business model. Yeah, scalping is just... It, it really angers me, actually, because it's just such a waste. And it's not just happening on these kind of graphics chips. It's happening everywhere. So all the latest games consoles are constantly sold out as well. It's a big, big problem. Yeah, I think they were even doing, like, CPUs. Uh, I'm actually, like, really lucky that I managed to grab myself uh, an upgrade to my rig not that long ago. Um, but it's 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 really annoying. Uh, that like this this whole scal- like scalping thing is just completely draining the market of any new GPUs. Like if my 580 were to break like today, I'd be having a really tough time trying to get anything to replace it with. Because even the low end stuff these days, it's completely out. Like you can't find stock of even low mid tier GPUs. I actually went to check one of our uh, one of our local like. Uh, like internet stores and um, they didn't even have like those like 710 display adapter things from NVIDIA even those were out <laughs> yeah and it recently NVIDIA actually started bringing out more of their older chips just to have some stuff on the market it's got that bad yeah but what something that's I didn't initially hit me on the concerns on this next bit until I read some comments on one of our articles. Because when NVIDIA launched the 
RTX 3060, they mentioned that they're going to be adjusting their drivers so that it halves the hash rate of the RTX 3060 going and this goes through like the drivers the firmware the hardware it's a mix of everything working together to cut down on miners buying up normal consumer graphics cards now on face value i saw that and i thought okay that sounds quite good that means more people more normal people can buy up the graphics cards and actually enjoy them without all this crypto rubbish destroying the world but when you think about it in a bit more detail it's actually quite concerning and it's kind of one of the dangers about proprietary software that you don't really know what these companies are actually doing with you know with the stuff that you buy the fact that they could just put out a driver and just half your performance on something like that intentionally yeah i mean it's absolutely like it is pretty terrifying that they can just do that and also, I think there have been some criticisms that this isn't really like addressing the problem. And I don't think NVIDIA really wants to address the problem because, I mean, as far as NVIDIA is concerned, it's just good that they, their GPUs are being sold. Um, so, I mean, the, 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 the thing here with the gimping the driver to prevent cryptocurrency mining, first of all, I think it was only against ethereum mining yes it was only against one specific cryptocurrency and only on this and only on this gpu so far as well yeah i mean like you can you can mine other cryptocurrencies instead of ethereum and you know those gpus apparently still can be viable for that kind of mining and the second thing is the only reason they're really doing this is to differentiate the the 3060 from their new like is it i think it's like an up and coming or upcoming like um mining gpu that they want to do yeah the nvidia cmp or crypto mining processor as they're saying yeah right um and as far as i understand it the crypto mining thingy is not really a general purpose gpu at all no so what they're what they want to do here is they want to basically segment the market such that, such as that um, the miners will be more like encouraged to buy mining specific GPUs mm-hmm. yeah and when those miners like get rid of those GPUs because eventually they will have to upgrade what will they do because previously what they would do is when they like upgraded their GPUs they got like new GPUs they would sell their current GPUs to the secondhand market for gamers to pick up because they could sell like the the gpus that they were using for mining previously that are no longer efficient enough they can just sell them to the secondhand market like with a discount saying like hey this was a mining gpu you can buy it and then you can still most likely use it just fine for your gaming purposes because like miners are pretty like apparently they're pretty like careful about running their gpus at like low enough temperatures and uh, tweaking them to make sure that they last as long as possible. So, like mining them, mining itself probably won't like utterly break the GPU. So they'd sell that to secondhand game, like secondhand market for gamers, and then they'd get a cheap, you know, GPU to play on. Now, if they upgrade these mining specific GPUs, you can't sell them to the secondhand gamer market anymore because they you can't game on them. 
like they don't have whatever like display connector things or whatever they might you know need in order for them to be like an actual gpu for gamers to use yeah i'm kind of confused on how this is going to change the market no it, it won't because this means that some of the stock that would be like general purpose gpus will now have to be directed to this new product line which means that the amount of like chips going to the market is not going up because it's just they're just redirecting some of the production. Well, NVIDIA what? are claiming it will not affect consumer GPU availability. I seriously doubt that unless NVIDIA is planning on putting up fabs, which I don't think they do. Yeah, so... that sounded like a load of marketing hogwash to me because it's like, how can you? How can it not affect the availability when they're already low? Now you're introducing a new and adjusted one. It's like, yeah, of course it's going to affect it. That's just it's just like pure lies. Yeah, I, I think I think seriously, the only thing that they're trying to do here is they will they they're trying to move the miners over to a mining specific GPU that the miners cannot sell to gamers on the secondhand market. Instead, what they want is for the miners to keep buying new mining mining GPUs and for the gamers to buy new general purpose GPUs or you know general purpose when. <laughs> general purpose in the sense that they might be gimped in certain workloads which is really kind of dumb but like i don't think like i i I don't believe anything nvidia says about this being like something to address the crypto mining shortage thing for gamer gpus like no that's that's not how this works at all yeah i agree i think it's it's silly what they're doing and very concerning on the driver side, really. The fact that they yeah. can just dump out a driver there that just reduces performance on stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not great. Now, how about that AMD? Yeah, they are planning on releasing a new GPU, the the RX sixty seven hundred XT. I think that was coming in like a week or so. Yep, and you're not going to be able to buy any. Yeah, you probably won't. Um, <laughs> yeah, it officially like, goes live on March 18th. Yeah, so so like eight days from the day we are recording this at the moment. So the thing about this, though, is they're saying that on the first day, they'll be launching their own. So their own reference cards are going to be up on the official AMD storefront. But mm-hmm. the extra cards from, you know, their various partners, Gigabyte, MSI, sapphire and so on they'll also have their own cards going up on that same day so they're making it sound like there will be quite a bit of stock but as we all know whenever this has happened for any gpu in the last what two years maybe they just go out of stock within an hour sometimes within the first 10 minutes and it's it's just going to happen again isn't it yeah, I think they were saying that they are planning on like introducing some systems to like make sure that more of these GPUs go to actual customers and not scalpers. But yeah, basically all of the new GPU launches have kind of been just reduced to paper launches. Um, and I don't know what AMD can really do to prevent that. I would be glad to see it not happen this time. But considering scalping seems to be kind of the the way to go, <laughs> I, like it has to be profitable, otherwise people wouldn't keep doing it. 
Um, I don't know if that's gonna like if there's gonna be any stock left for actual people that want a GPU for gaming and not for like reselling. It's just I, d- I don't get how scalping is such a big problem because how how are they doing it so well? It just it makes me wonder. Bots. Well, yeah, yeah, a lot of it is obviously bots, but how can they do it like that constantly? Because surely flags would come up against the payment types and the addresses. Do these scalpers somehow have like 500 addresses? Uh, I don't know. It's It kind of amazes me that it's it's even possible to do that, but nothing when it comes to the internet seems to be impossible. Mm, yeah, and I mean, I've, I'm... I've started, like, hearing very, very, like, stupid things. Like, I heard on IRC not that long ago that apparently some guy went and bought, like, a 2,000, like, 2,000 euro, like, pre-built computer. And what they did was they basically took the GPU out of that system. Right. And then they they sold the rest of the rig for, like, a... a for like i think it was like a 1900 euro pc they took the gpu out of that system and then they sold the the rest of the system for 900 euros yeah that doesn't because, actually because, surprise me because like what apparently 1000 euros for a gpu is a steal apparently that's a good price you're fetching a good price i've actually seen quite a few deals come up where it got it's a full system with a brand new GPU and you look at the price of it and then you look at the second hand price on that GPU and you're like, yeah, people are going to be, people are going to be doing that. And they are doing it. As you just mentioned, it's just the hardware market is absolutely insane right now. And yeah, it's, it's, it's stupid. frustrating as well because there's just a lack of everything you want. Yeah. I mean, I like, like I said, I wouldn't know how to get an upgrade if I had to like upgrade up my, my, 580 right now i'm just hoping that it keeps running on the subject of hardware and keeping things running have you used retro arch before i've heard of it but i don't think i've like actually used it myself no okay so for listeners who aren't aware retro arch is a free and open source front end Mainly for emulators, it can do other things like play videos and music and so on, but most people just use it really for emulators. And it has a system of cores where you can load up RetroArch and download cores, which are just different emulators, basically. What RetroArch have recently announced is the Open Hardware Project. This is actually really quite exciting. I'm I'm genuinely excited about this because emulation is, well, it's vital. I think it's really, really important because computer games have such a big cultural value and things get so lost to time so easily. So they're basically making their own hardware. So in this case, they're starting with a prototype for Nintendo 64 cartridges. So you'd be able to buy this kit from them to then plug in a cartridge and then plug this up to your computer and then it could just run it directly and easily through RetroArch through the N64 emulator on there. So it's like a cartridge reader for 
Nintendo 64 cartridges or something along those lines. Yeah, this is only like their prototyping stage and only the very start of it. They're going to be moving on to more things after that. But they said already they've seen a pretty good success rate with what they're doing. Um, And they mentioned that they want eventually to have RetroWatch basically be like its own console. And so this is really the the first step towards that. And I think it is an important step because with every new generation that comes along of consoles and things, companies just basically dump everything they've done before. They no longer support it, both on the hardware and software side. And somebody's got to keep these things alive. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a noble goal, definitely. And because it's all open source, everybody wins. I mean that that usually is the case with uh, with open source software and open source hardware and open source everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, RetroArch and the Open Hardware Project. It's worth keeping an eye on if you love your retro systems. Now then, I been waiting for this. Yeah, I've been playing recently. It's a game. Some of you might have heard of it. Maybe I don't know. It's called Valheim, mm. and it is now one of well, probably the most successful survival game on Steam ever made. In fact, I think it actually is the most successful survival game on Steam. Huh. It's early access. It's been out for about one month now. And it sold uh, 2 million copies, uh, and then 3 million, then 4 million. And just recently they announced uh, that it hit 5 million sales in the space of one single month yeah you had to update the the title of this segment a couple of times in the document (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's absolutely incredible because they're only a team of five people and their main developer works a lot of the time under linux as well yeah it's definitely a good thing It's made with the Unity game engine, so it just goes to show that Unity having Linux support for exports as well as the editor has been really important. And in this case, now it's brought us one of the most successful games of 2021. And this game will easily be on a lot of people's game of the year list. It's going to be on mine. It's going to be in my top five without a doubt. I've put close... In fact, I, I don't even remember how many hours I put into it now. Lost count. It was about 16 hours last I looked at it. And it is absolutely magical. It's so... You know what it reminds me of? It, Valheim reminds me of the first time I found and played Minecraft. It's that kind of changing experience. Hmm, well, that sounds interesting. I have kind of, like, not looked at Valheim at all. I have mostly been keeping out of that uh that that hype train but i've definitely heard very like a, a lot of good things about it the interesting thing is i can't i don't think i've seen any gameplay of it so i'm kind of just working based on like what people are saying and like maybe a couple of screenshots here and there so i like i really don't have any kind of an idea what the game really is like apart from like some of the the, the usual things that get thrown around uh, about it being like a survival sandboxy Viking experience, but yeah. I mean, it's come at such a good time as well because of everything that's gone on with COVID. Um, 
and obviously a lot more people are staying at home, it came at exactly the right time, I think, because compared to a lot of other survival games, this is almost a pure co-op experience. It has PvP, but like you each have to opt into it at the same time to be able to PvP each other. And the game is geared towards small groups of people. So I believe the servers can only take 10 people. Yeah, that sounds like a nice idea. You don't end up with like uh, like roving groups of raider players that just want to ruin everybody else's fun. Yeah, it's the the co-op aspect of it really is quite amazing. I've been playing it with my nine-year-old son and even he is enjoying it. Just the fact that we can build this nice little hut, get a fire going, go chase some deer down... And we've just built up, we've just got to the, the bronze age in it. So now we can make like bronze swords, bronze axes. We've just made our first actual proper boat that is not a raft as well. And it is ridiculously fast. What I'm, What's really amazing though about Valheim is that there's so much physics interactions going on. So you, when you chop down like a tree, that tree will then fall down and that log will hit things it will if it falls on you you're dead if it hits other trees it might knock them down it's all li- like so many little things like that like the water as well that's got like actual like, sort of like tides and and like massive waves and there's wind direction so when you're out sailing you actually need to get into a position where you're picking up the wind as well mm. It's just there's so many good things about Valheim that I'm not surprised that it's sold as well as it has because it runs quite nicely and it's not trying to be realistic in any shape or form as well, which is why I think it's so popular because it's co-op orientated. It's got a really good style to it that is not trying to be realistic and it's just good fun because it's... It's not too easy, and it's also not ridiculously difficult. It's got quite a nice middle ground of difficulty with progression, and the world is massive as well. Maybe I'll need to have a look at it, though. Uh, Is it any good in single player? Well, that's the thing. The majority of my time has been in single player, and I've been loving it. Okay. So I have... How do I put it? I've been struggling recently some things Valheim has been kind of a a breath of fresh air there's been a few times where the sun is is rising because it's got a day and night cycle as well and you'll see like the sun reflection all along the water and you'll see some sun rays peeking through and I've just sort of I've sat my character down and I've, I've just sort of sat there and taken it in and it's just it really is good it's really good yeah so Valheim. I guess that means that I'm gonna have to add it to my my lists to keep track of at some point. Yeah. In other good news, we have confirmation once again that Metro Exodus is still going to release a Linux version, which is at this point it's genuinely quite surprising they're still doing it. Mm. So they announced a Metro Exodus Enhanced Edition, which is their, they've basically re- rebuilt some of their game engine to improve the ray tracing aspects of it. 
What is a little bit concerning, though, is their wording, how they mentioned all this Metro Exodus Enhanced Edition, and then it mentions that Metro Exodus is coming to Linux. So it sounds like the official Linux version is not going to be the Enhanced Edition, which is, yeah, that'll be a bit of a shame if so. But as I understand it, it's going this again, like the Portal 2 update, Metro Exodus is going to be using DXVK, I believe. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, in this case, like if the enhanced edition just brings in more ray tracing, then it probably doesn't matter to me if we don't get the enhanced edition because it's not like my 580 is going to be doing ray tracing anyway. But I mean, I imagine the people that have like RTX capable hardware might be a little bit disappointed if that's actually not coming. Yeah, I, it would be disappointing overall because it would, you know, it continues to show lower priority. And at this point, it's been quite a long time since Metro Exodus came out anyway. But the fact that they're doing it at all, though, when Linux still does have quite, you know, obviously such a small market is is still kind of amazing anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to uh, play Metro Exodus. I've played the rest of the uh, Metro series and I've enjoyed the books. And getting Exodus is definitely something that would be really nice. Sometime. Yes. Do you like anime? It's very VB of you to ask such questions. Obviously, I hate anime. All anime. <laughs> so Valve and Netflix teamed up for a Dota anime. Okay. Um, my first question is why? <laughs> Money. Well, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Netflix is a big market. Anime is a big market. Dota oh, is one it? of the most popular games on PC. Merging them together? Yeah, I think it will work. Um, I mean, the, the, the thing that I'm like kind of wondering here, though, is like, what kind of a story can you tell about Dota? I mean, sure, they have a lot of like interesting characters, but like... What's the story there? What what is the how do you connect all of these different characters and like well, Dota like Dota is about blowing up some some towers and then blowing up like the 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 Nexus base thingy. Is that what the anime is going to be about? <laughs> no, no. Um, so the game is obviously going to be very different to any sort of anime because. All of these different characters have their own, you know, backstories and so on. But this one, it's I'm I'm interested in it, and I I am a big anime fan, so I'm going to watch it anyway, no matter what. And because I like Dota as well. Shh. <laughs> but what slightly disappointing is that this is a it's focused around a character called Dragon Knight, so it's centered around a human dude. And it's like, couldn't they do something more out there and use one of the uh, crazy characters they have? They had to use this guy who wields a sword. It's It seems so such a weak entry. But after watching the trailer, I mean, it still does look quite good. But it's like they could have used a more interesting character. I mean, I the, the thing here is, like, I, I can't like connect with this at all because i don't watch a lot of anime i don't care about dota so like i I don't know any any of the characters i have played dota i think like once with you and during my first game 
somebody started screaming at me and telling me that they will report <laughs> me for being bad. Yeah, and that sounds I, like the standard Dota 2 experience. And then I stopped playing Dota. I uninstalled it after that. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's unfortunate because Dota as a game is is really satisfying. It is really fun, but you have to play it with a group of decent people. Otherwise, it is just awful. Yeah, it's got such a bad overall community of just toxicity. Yeah, but hey, anime. Woo. Well, I mean, it's. It... I guess like it's it's one more show on Netflix that I might like sc- scroll past at some point. <laughs> In some sad news, recently there was the Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City reverse engineering effort. It was fully playable. It was up on GitHub. You could go grab it and play basically an enhanced version of both. Really cool. Again, important for preservation and for giving first-class treatment to other platforms like Linux. Unfortunately, Take-Two Interactive got the DMCA nuke and they threw it at them, and so it was nuked from orbit. Yeah, I think the, the, the biggest problem here was that these projects were based around, like, disassembled, like, binaries or something. Uh or at least they at some point merged some kind of code based on disassembly. Uh, it's a bit of a, like, um, I, I think it's a legal kind of a gray area. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, the binaries themselves, like, you're not allowed to just redistribute those. That's called piracy. Uh, what, whatever you might think of that, uh, that, that is generally considered to be illegal. Um creating code based on that some people have argued that it's it shouldn't be illegal some people have argued that it should be illegal regardless it seems like take two here had like a good enough case to go with the dmca and i think the the projects like they they complied with that and i don't think they've been like challenging it to my knowledge no it's it's just gone yeah which is, it's, it's such a shame because personally, I think if you do a re-implementation of something, even if it's from disassembly or whatever, as long as the end result is original code, I, I think they should not be allowed to use the DMCA against things like that if it is all original code in the end. And yeah, especially I mean, all, all... in this case, because much like... Open MW from Marlwind, it still needed you to own a copy of the original games for the data files. So Rockstar and Tank 2 would still be getting money from it anyway. Yeah, I mean, this this is kind of the thing here. Like, even if the code had been, like, on, like still online, there would be no harm to Take 2 from it being there. Like, this is just a way for them to get money from people who otherwise probably wouldn't have bought these two, like, old games. It's worth remembering these are old games we're talking about here. The technology is already outdated, um, and, like, there is no competitive advantage that uh, they might lose from, you know, being able to control this, this particular code. Uh, these and also these projects were not working around any sort of monetization schemes of Take Two, 
So all in all, like take two might be like legally speaking in the right here, but like practically speaking, this just seems like it's just you know legal experts waving their dicks around and like not actually doing anything that is productive or like helpful to anybody. Yeah, but I, I assume it's just a case of protecting their intellectual property. I mean, something like that. I, it, it could be just that the legal department had to remind the, the managers of their ex, like existence and <laughs> pretend to do some work. Yeah, that and sounds I guess about this right. Was as close, yeah, this this was as close to, as, as they managed to get to uh, actually doing something. It's it's a it's a shame, but I mean, what can you do? Yeah. Okay, so I think we've got time. I'm going to do some yeah. quick fire news. Were we ready? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Okay, so we have Them's Fighting Herds, the fighting game with ponies. And other creatures, uh, <laughs> yep. yes. And other creatures, yes. Uh, it's going to release the 2.0 update along with their official Linux version on March 25th. Cool, fighting is magic. Yeah, awesome. Another fighting game called Skullgirls recently got an Annie character DLC, which is you can buy the DLC right now, but technically it's in beta. And they've announced that their Linux support on Skullgirls is continuing now that they've got a new developer helping out after the original developer of the game imploded. Mm. Griftlands, the deck-building card game from Clay Entertainment, known for games like Don't Starve and Oxygen Not Included, Griftlands will be out for Linux in May before the final release. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, awesome. So, Samzai, what yes. have you been playing lately? Well, um, interestingly, I kind of got back to mind test a little bit. Uh, the the um, they did an update on that semi recently. I think the update itself didn't bring that many like breaking new fantastic things. But I tried the mind clone two mod pack for it that tries to kind of emulate Minecraft, and that's actually been turning out pretty. Decent. I've been playing on a French server, and um, and uh, the, it's been it's been like surprisingly fun going back to that. I also decided to go back and uh, revisit some Slay the Spire. I got I kind of got inspired to do a little bit of that after having a a pretty decent daily run. And um, Slay the Spire still amazing, still absolutely fantastic. The mind test update, while it wasn't huge on features, that's true. It was still quite a good one though, because one of the things that bugged me about mind test was the mod system, because they integrated a system where you could click a few buttons and download mods directly in the client and have everything there. And I thought that was brilliant. That's what Minecraft had always needed. But the problem was that Lots of mods depended on other mods, and those mods depended on others. But this most recent update sorts all of that out for you, so you download a mod, and it will sort out everything else it needs. It's quite an important update. Oh, that's what that did. Yeah, I, I heard it did some kind of changes to the um, the the way the mod installation worked, but I, I wasn't like 100% aware of the actual details. 
I mean, I've been running mainly like these game packs that just package a bunch of mods together. So I haven't really noticed that problem before. But yeah, that definitely sounds like a fantastic improvement. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a huge improvement. So I've already mentioned that I've been playing Valheim because it is just, it's absolutely beautiful. But on a complete opposite end of the spectrum here, I've also been playing Loop Hero, which is, oh, it is brilliant. Have you played it yet? No, I, I, I said to you that I would try the demo, but I haven't gotten around to it. Oh, uh, yeah. See, they removed the demo when oh, no. the actual game went live, which is it's, oh, no. it's quite disappointing. But and I've, I've always been a big proponent of demos because I think demos are really important. But in the case of Loop Period, the demo showed off like so much of the game that it was... Yeah, it was kind of amazing, actually. It had qu- still quite a bit of content locked behind it, but it's like you could get 30 to 40 hours out of that demo easily. Mm. <laughs> so it could stop, probably stop some purchases, which I assume is one of the reasons that they took the demo away, possibly. But anyway, Loop Hero is its a brilliant idea. It really is. So it, it's partly a deck builder. So... You can choose all different cards, but you have, so your character starts off on, it's basically a pitch black map. The world has been like completely taken away, basically. Mm -hmm. And each loop, your character is placed down and like a road is randomly generated in a circle to create this loop. And your character automatically walks around it automatically fighting anything they come up against and what you're doing is you're moving their equipment around so through battles they earn different equipment that has different levels different equipment has different attributes on it and you're also building this world around them using these cards that you get so you'll put down like a a forest that might have skeletons or spiders or something in it and you're just building up and up all the way around. And as your character's looping around, it gets harder on each loop. And you're also gaining resources. And you can leave the loop at any point and go back to like this little village. And then using the resources you gathered on the loop, you then build up the village, gradually unlocking more. You can unlock more characters, new cards that you can use, and so on. And then you go back and do another loop, but it's black again. And then the road generates around into a loop. And then you use your cards again to build up the map. So it's it's a mix of like an idle game because half the time you are just sat there watching this little white pixel man go around this little loop. But it's it's so madly engrossing. It's so weird. Mm. I mean... I think when we last talked about Blue Hero, I did mention that I, I'm not, like, hugely into idle games. But, I mean, if it has, like, some interesting mechanics to go with the the idling, perhaps it would be something for me to, like, that, that I might actually enjoy. Um, it's, it's good but... because there is actually quite a bit of strategy to it because when you're building up this map around them, a lot of the things that you're putting down from these cards interact with each other. There's lots of secrets about getting the best out of your loop. And you're also constantly moving around the equipment to equip different things and like maximize 
you're well, you might want to maximize attack speed or vampirism or you know magic damage or something else. There's so much to it. Loop Hero is is another one that is going to be probably in my top five and many others for game of the year across this entire year. Mm. Well, I mean that that just means that I now have two games that I need to be on the lookout for. Yes, you and everyone else need to check out <laughs> Loop Hero and Valheim. I have spoken. Well, I mean, if I ever get around to playing them, I will definitely share my opinions on those games then, and we'll we'll see if they end up on my top games of the year list when uh, 2021 is eventually over. Good. Okay. Well, there we go. That was the Co-op News Punch podcast, episode 27. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't 100% sure if you wanted to do that, like if you wanted that as an intro, because it's, it was very, very concise and very good. But in case it isn't, uh, I mean, thanks for listening and, uh, and goodbye. Yeah. Thanks very much. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. <laughs>